Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about breaking the conflict cycles the two of you seem to keep repeating. There's an anonymous quote that says, in any conflict, be sure you know what you really want. And this is the key part. And whether what you are doing is actually helping you get there. Mm. Which I think as we talk about conflict in marriage, that's a really big thing. And that's what we're going to be digging into in today's episode. Because I think sometimes we don't know what we want. And sometimes our actions don't exactly get us to where we want to go. Yep. Just going to put it out there. Just going to put it out there. But, you know, for those of you that have been listening for a long time and those of you that are brand new, for welcome. Uh, we start every episode with a hug. And mm-hmm. a hug is an opportunity to celebrate what you're doing in your marriage, to talk about the breakthrough that, that other couples in the one family are having. And this, uh, this hug came from an email that we recently received that said, I recently found your podcast and I've been listening nonstop for the past two or three weeks. Hmm. I've gotten a friend couple to partner with my husband and I, and we are going to try the Six Pillars of Intimacy workbook. We just purchased the books online and we're waiting for the delivery. I love this because the accountability, just a side note, um, the accountability of doing it with another couple is huge. She goes on to say, my husband and I have been married for 14 years and we dated for six years before getting married. Hmm. It's crazy how you start some of the podcasts with the sadness that it takes the average couple six years to get help. We've been suffering for longer than that. Hmm. It was only last year that we saw an intimacy coach and the two times that we saw her have been very helpful. We will hopefully go back and keep growing on this journey as this is a process. Anyway, I wanted to let you know that as much as I laugh, because I do not initially believe this can ever be us, I'm choosing to exercise some crazy faith and declare that my husband and I will someday soon take part in and complete a sex challenge. Thanks again for your constant encouragement, and Mm. may the Lord enable you both to keep blessing others. Let's go. I love it. Keep on, keep on, keep moving. This journey that uh, we're on has been 27 years, 14 years of really, actually 16 years of actually growing and and moving forward and towards one another in our own marriage. So it's a continuous it's a continuous daily act that I think we each every one of us has to choose to do. Um, be it we're on the right track or we're not. You know it happens. It we happens. learn. And I do want to say one thing. She mentioned um, using the book and the workbook as a tool that, you know, with this other friend couple that they're getting together with. And if you want to look at those resources too, you can go to sixpillarsofintimacy.com, the book, the workbook, the monthly planner, it's all right there. Um, You know, as Tony and I both said at the top of this episode, we're talking about conflict, Mm -hmm. which, you know, last week was Valentine's Day. This week we're talking about conflict. It happens. Right. 
Because a lot of times Valentine's Day can actually be a source of conflict, even though it's not the only source no. of conflict in our marriage. And, you know, it, it's funny because Tony and I have now celebrated 29 Valentine's Days. Dating um, and married. Dating and married. And uh, we are coming up on 30 years of our first date in June. But it was interesting how quickly in our relationship uh, and even into our marriage that we learned that we're two totally different people when it comes to conflict, which mm -hmm. I know may be a shocker to those of you that have listened to more than one episode that Tony and I are different. Uh, but, you know, when we were in the initial dating phase, like I, I can take us, I can go all the way back, as Tony would like to say, almost three decades. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm letting him say that now that we're coming in. We're getting closer to it. I'm like, okay, we've officially, it's 2024. We can officially start talking about decades. Um, but I remember like during the initial dating phase and even that first year that we were long distance, it was a little easier to, I think, avoid the conflicts, maybe hide the conflicts, kind of sweep them under the rug. I mean, when I look back on that first year. Mm -hmm. the, of dating. Of dating. The only massive conflict that I can remember in all of that time and we were long distance and we're doing you know bills all the things was when I had gotten the job offer mm -hmm. at my university and you're like oh heck no we are not doing we're not doing another year I remember telling Elise I was at a bar uh, because it was the end of the spring semester and I was a teacher's assistant for I don't know some business class and I'd taken my students well I didn't take them or pay for them, but we all met up at a bar. Way to be, way to be actually correct there. Yeah, I, I wasn't paying for them. They could pay for themselves. But we all went to a bar, and Elisa had called me or something. I don't know how I got. Did I page you? Did you have a pager I, back then? I didn't then? have a pager back then. I don't know how it was, but I ended up calling you from like the bar. Yeah, you did. I don't know Which how is that weird, like a payphone from the bar, and you, you were so excited to tell me this. Because I had a job, and it was... It, yeah, she had a job, which was great, coming out of college and 1995, everything. 1995, jobs right. were scarce. And I was like, great, but if you take that job, like, this relationship is over. I'm not doing another year of this long distance thing. I will have to say, I was most likely a little inebriated. Um back in the day in college, far away from Christ as you could possibly think. And so it wasn't unlike me to be at a bar having multiple drinks. So probably not the best time or place and tone. So it, it was, you know, it was one of those things where we were just not on the same page and being a number of states away from each other. You don't have the ability to see each other face to face, and you yeah, we say were pre FaceTime for all of those of you that like have only done your relationship with FaceTime. You can always see each other's face. Back in the day, you used to not be able to see people's faces. Nope. When you were long distance. And, nope. And I know that makes us a little bit older, but the reality was we we got through that. I I clearly did not take the job as we are here, and uh, we managed to do that. But but I remember like those early conflicts. That, that year of dating, the year we were engaged, and, and even early in our marriage, we kind of, like, we were in love. Mm -hmm. Like, well, we'll get through this. Like, okay, we can, you know, what's the solution? And, and we, we just kind of, like, power through it. And then, then came marriage mm -hmm. and responsibilities and kids and highlighting the w different ways that we do things because Tony and I clearly live life very differently. Um, everything from 
he's just so much neater than I am, you guys. And he's so much more organized. And then, then he has these like little quirks, right? Where Tony likes all of the light switches, you know, because you have like light switches on opposite side of the kitchen. And Tony likes them all to go a certain way. Or he likes... Um, <laughs> What else do you like? Oh, the, the, these are little things that do cause conflict in our household now. The volume in the car can only be on even numbers, yes. you guys. And, and we joke that he's got you know maybe slight OCD tendencies, but it's funny that both of my kids in different ways. Even numbers for volume? If you can see volume and you can see temperature, even numbers. And you don't hit the you don't. Oh hit my the gosh, fives. it's temperature too? Yes. <sighs> and you can't hit the fives. Like, I'm not in the middle. You're either at 74 or you're at 76. Conflict. Conflict. And this does cause conflict. It does. Because, you know, you get into other things like spending habits and you get into relationships with extended family. And clearly the temperature thing, which I had not noticed. But because here's the other side of like the temperature and the volume thing. I actually don't care, but I love pushing his buttons. So if I adjust it, I'm always looking for the odd number, not because I care, but because I know that he'll immediately change it. She, it doesn't cause conflict anymore. It used to because it I, used, it, it to. used to ir- it used to irritate me, but now I know she's just having fun with me, and it's okay. But uh, yeah, that would cause that would cause some irritation on my part for sure. But we've also had the really big thing. I mean, I, I we're making fun of you know, the volumes in the car, right? But there were also really big things, right? Family situations, financial situations, just recently parenting situations. Mm-hmm. And you can get into this place. Uh, parenting situations from, I think, two sides too now because of where we are in life. It's parenting our children. Oh, yes. And then also having to... Parent uh, our parents? Yeah, it, it's almost like parenting the parents sometimes now. And that can... And for myself, I think that's uh, it, it's become a bigger frustration for Elisa and I. Just with my dad having passed six and a half years ago, it, there's sometimes having to help mom along and things of that nature. And and not that it creates massive disconnect, but there are just certain things that begin to come up. And and as we're in that sandwich generation right Mm -hmm. now. Right. And I think that can cause a lot of conflict for many of us because time spent taking care of on both and on, on both ways and you're, and you're getting pulled and you're getting stretched in and you know, some of us, you know, feel like we have an obligation. Others are like, Hey, it's okay. They'll, they'll, they'll they'll figure, they'll figure themselves out. And, and even in that can create conflict, right? The, the one of you in the marriage who has this this desired I'm not, I'm not going to say actually a desire but innate like there's a stronger sense of responsibility there you go Strong, stronger sense of responsibility and maybe one of you sort of like eh my parents are okay they're going to they'll do their thing they're good like if they need me they'll call me which happens so in, in this, case you haven't figured out, this Tony is the strong, marriage. innate sense of responsibility to his widowed mother. And I am the, hey, my parents are good. They're living their best life in Puerto Rico. We chat when we chat type of deal. Because, and I think it, part of it is the fact that my parents have each other and, and that type of thing. But but you can get into these places of conflict, mm-hmm. right? And, and then the hurtful words come out and the loud yep. voices and the sleepless nights and the really, really long drawn out conversations or sometimes the really short and clipped conversations or the silent treatment. And you find yourselves in this place where things are 
it's like Groundhog Day, right? You, you know, Abby and I were just talking about this. She goes, it kind of feels like a Groundhog Day situation, Mom. And we're like, oh, if you only knew. Um, because things just get repeated. Mm-hmm. And you have this tension that starts to simmer underneath, you know, all aspects of the relationship. And you can find yourselves almost like you're spinning, you know, but you can't get off the hamster wheel. It's just like, oh my gosh, like our, like our conflicts are, it's the same thing over and over again. Why can't, like coaching clients will say to me, like, we just can't seem to talk about anything else. We can't have a conversation without this coming up. We, you know, this is just, this is all we talk about, at least, or it's the one thing we're not talking about. You know, it can go And it should be talked about, Mm -hmm. you're saying. Yeah, which still creates conflict because underneath there's a lot of turning, like the water on top could be still. Oh, sure. But underneath, man, there's a bunch of turmoil going on and we can look pretty on the outside Mm -hmm. and we can put the smiley faces on and we can hold hands and we can take the best pictures ever. And yet internally, man, there's some massive turmoil. I mean, there's a big old rip current happening underneath that's just pulling us away nice ocean analogy there dude rip current underneath like it like it. <laughs> well i was just thinking i mean we're right here by the our ocean and and the rip current does happen i mean we're Often. we're out there many a times and and you're looking and you would never know it right i mean we're just we're just walking doing our walk and talk on the beach but we'll see the flags and and we'll see the warnings, you know, because we'll look at the tides and everything, and they're like, there's a rip current. But you would never know. You'd look in out there, and you're like, cool. the waves are the waves. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've talked about a few of the things that have happened in our marriage, but this past week I asked the question on Instagram stories, you know, what are what are the things you find yourselves repeatedly fighting about? And it was, you know, things like miscommunication or things not being fully communicated. And, and I've guilty of this where like you feel like you've had the whole conversation and you have in your head but you haven't actually said all the words to your spouse and Mm -hmm. so they're frustrated at you and you're like but I told you this and they're like no you didn't Mm -hmm. and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have said all those words you just didn't actually open your mouth Mm -hmm. to say them Uh, different sexual drive levels Mm -hmm. this has been coming up a lot lately and Uh, this goes both ways too I'm going to just say this not always male dominant you know, has the dominant drive. We're hearing from a lot of women wives who are having a higher sex drive than their husband right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really interesting. And we've heard this over the years, but something like this, let's not get stuck in the, oh, well, it's always men. Right. The gender roles. The gender roles. I mean, we're hearing a lot of it coming from wives right now too, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, not feeling prioritized, mm. dealing with, you know, or prioritized, not feeling, you know, desired. Uh, other sources of conflict, jobs, health and wellness priorities, mm-hmm. too much time on the phone, mm-hmm. mm, things like that. And, you know, that, I mean, that's just scraping the surface of this list of, of co- topics that came in from you guys. But I s- followed it up with the question of what's the impact, right? Because it's one thing to just hear, oh, yeah, you know, other people are dealing with these problems and things like that. But, but when it, you start to hear what the impact is, that's when you know that action needs to happen. Correct. Because it's not just enough to talk about the topic. Oh, you know what? Everybody fights about communication. I, you know, couples struggle with that or everybody's complaining about the phone. It's, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Right? It, does the pain, and this is, I'm going to ask you guys, does the pain of the disconnect, does the pain of these repeated cycles of conflict, has it gotten to the point where you recognize the impact is so great that you got to do something about it? Mm-hmm. Because here are some of the, the responses you guys gave to the impact of all the conflict on you and your marriage. We spend too much time waiting for the other person to make a move. Mm -hmm. 
everybody's just at a standstill. Who's going to go first? Makes me question myself. I get depressed. Mm. We have bad emotional cycles. We do less together and sometimes don't do anything together. The distance is growing between us. There's a lack of trust and security. It creates resentment and frustration. Mm. See, if you don't do anything to unravel and unpack the conflict cycles in your marriage, all of those types of impact, that's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for divorce because people are not going to stay in a place where the conflicts over and over and over again make them feel depressed, have them living two separate lives, be in this place of you know insecurity and mistrust or just a complete lack of trust. That's a really challenging place to stay in because you haven't done anything about these cycles of conflict. Some of you have even come to a place where you just accept that this is what people do. Mm. And I think some of it's Hollywood that says, oh, you know what? You get married and after a few years, you're just grumbling at each other. Just the way it is. Maybe you only saw your parents grumble at each other or fight or, you know, not fight because they weren't talking to each other. And I'm going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you today to go, you know what? Why? Why does it have to be that way? Why can't you do something different? Why do you have to stay stuck? And what happens if you choose to get unstuck? And we're going to talk about that after this break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We're back. And we're talking about what to do with those conflicts that haven't been resolved in your marriage. And Tony and I will be the first two people on the planet to tell you that if you find yourself repeating the same arguments over and over again, you're not alone. Mm-mm. Nope. We've done it. Probably... 85% of them have made it onto this podcast sometime in the last 14 years. Probably, yeah. I mean, it, it, here, here's the thing that I've come to realize over time. Conflict is inevitable. It's how we handle it and how we break the conflict cycle that we move forward. We are going to have differences of opinion. We are not the same. The two shall become one. And we do become one. But we're still individuals. We're still ourselves. We're still who God made us to be. It is bringing those two differences together mm-hmm. and creating one. And I don't want Elisa to be like me and, and she doesn't and she doesn't want to be and I don't want to be like her. So, you know, there's going to be differences. And yet, how do we identify those mm-hmm. and how do we break it? So we can come to some form of place where we go, you know what? Yeah, we are different in times. And yet, we don't have to live under that. 
We don't have to live in, and continue to complain against one another about it. Like, how do we find this place where we can break the conflict, accept who we are and each of us are in this marriage? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, we still have, we still have arguments. We still have conflict. And I think part of it too, just even aging has its own dynamic to it. And each of us, <laughs> I love how she laughs. I mean, we just, we just, there are just pieces of life that just begin to happen. And to think that we don't, I would be, I, I would be lying to myself. Like, oh my gosh, like there are things that Elisa does that can sometimes create conflict. There are things that I do, obviously keeping my audio volume on the even and my, now that she knows my temperatures on the even can cause it's an under like conflict has some different levels too. Right? Like that's like on a zero to 10, it's probably like a one or a two. Right. Right. Having conflict in terms of, like shutting down, mm-hmm. becoming an iceberg, becoming a volcano, spewing, you know, horrible and inaccurate words against me, I, I would say is probably, you know, like a seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? The, the, we have to look at conflict too in different, and I don't want to say different levels, but in different degrees. Yeah, because there are going to be, there, there are going to be conflicts that are just sort of like, it's a one. Like, am I going to lose a bunch of sleep over this? No. Is it a nine? Yes. Like, we need to address this stuff. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, you guys know the the one, twos, the sources of conflict. It's the stuff you laugh about. It's kind of like, all right, you know what? Yeah, I do it differently. But at the end of the day, that's just, you know, we all laugh in our family and he knows that we giggle um about the light switches because every once in a while we will turn the light switches on the opposite side of the room up and down and and that type of thing and he just comes in and he you know he fixes it um we do it's it's a little family humor um now that i know about the temperature thing i'll probably now i know that you guys are conspiring against me It makes your children laugh. I'm sure it does. Make it's a light switch laugh. in the overall scheme of things that that we could be doing to make one another laugh. It's, yes, it's, but, it's fine. But it is looking at those bigger things and saying, okay, you know what? If we're aware of the conflicts in our marriage, the big ones, right? The the on your scale, whatever it is, anything probably higher than a five should start getting attention. In all honesty, because if you let it go long enough, the the fives, four, five, sixes. They'll become a seven, eight, nine, tens because you aren't doing anything about it, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's it's something that we've said so many times on this show is that nothing changes in a marriage until the actions change. So just wishing the two of you didn't fight about these things all the time, just having the exact same fight again all the time and, and hoping that it – like that's not going to actually change things. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say as a, a wife who, you know, tends to go to the shutdown treatment, tends to go silent treatment, you know, that kind of thing. Like I have to always come back when I'm starting to slip into those behaviors and go, what's going on with you? I actually prefer it if I ask the question of me than Tony asks the question of me because I handle me talking to me a whole lot better than Tony talking to me when I'm in that place. But why are you going back to these behaviors? What What is being, and I really don't like the word triggered, but it is relatively appropriate here. What's triggering this response right now that you are shutting down? What have you not dealt with? And and I have to 
I have to do business. You guys, this is about taking ownership for your role in the conflict. Because let me tell you something. It takes two to have a conflict, right? It, it's that tension between husband and wife and desires and expectations and unmet needs and all of those types of things. But you got to own your own part of it. Well, the conflict can be within as well, which then reveals itself in one of them that I saw was like low self-confidence mm. or lack of confidence. That tension we can have within ourselves, right? And because of that, it can then create other conflict between ourselves and our spouse. True. Myself or you having that lack of confidence, that's a what can I do? I can't lean on Elisa to give me more confidence. Like it's not going to work. I have to stand up and I got to be able to go, what can I do Mm. to begin to deal with this internal conflict that I have? That could be coaching. That could be therapy. That could be counseling. It could be a coaching program. It could be multiple different things. Like I got to move. I got to do something because I will say, having been there before in my, my own life, that lack of self-control, that lack of confidence then comes out and it can attack Elisa and I can attack Elisa because I feel like I don't have, um, not control per se, but I have a lack of understanding of where I am mm. in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's looking at yourself first and then it's, it's not trying to figure out your spouse, it's trying to understand mm-hmm. where are they, what's going on with them? You know, I often share with my coaching clients uh, over the years I've seen, it, and I've seen it some, happen so many times. It's happened in our own marriage. We, the longer a marriage goes, sometimes folks stop getting curious mm-hmm. about the person they're married to. What's going on in their world right now? What are they struggling with? What are the challenges? What are the fears? Right. And if you don't know what's going on and you just see the behavior, Behavior is an outward expression of something going on inside a person. Yeah. And it's why we challenge you so often to, especially in your emotional intimacy, right? What questions can you ask one another? If you go out on a date, recreational intimacy, instead of looking at your phone, pick up a date card box, pick up our connect like you did when you first met. We have our 19 questions to amazing sex. We, we have multiple resources on the website to engage one another, to do something different. And yes, it can take a little bit because you get stuck in, we get stuck in our habits and in our ways. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's jarring, but I I would assume, and I would think more times than not, if you said, hey, like, just as we sit down, instead of us picking up our phones, let's just ask and answer this one question of one another. And then we can go back to doing what we normally do. But if we can change that, we get to understand one another, which helps us to go, okay, this is where I am. This will locate myself. And then mm-hmm. your spouse can locate themselves and you guys can go, oh, okay. Yeah. I see where you saw that differently than I do or vice versa or whatever it may be. Or you may be on the same page, but just, you know, you go about it differently. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about, you know, when I wrote Six Pillars of Intimacy, Conflict Resolution, The Secret to Breaking the Conflict Cycle in Your Marriage. You know, a big catalyst for writing that book was to help couples 
really be able to look at not just not just these behaviors, mm. but also to understand the cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? What what? How do we operate? When that conflict cycle is triggered, what are we doing? What does that look like? What are you doing? What am I doing? How can we interrupt it, right? What can we do differently? And I think that's a big part of it. You know, most couples, they get into the dance and they know the dance. They know exactly where they're going to step on each other's toes. They know when they're going to drop their partner's hand. They know how the music's going to like screech to a halt. They know all of these things. Inherently, you know it. But everything shifts when you start to actually diagram it. Mm-hmm. When you get to this place where you're like, no, I actually, I'm going to write down what happens here and I'm going to write down what I do and I'm going to write down what I think my perception is of your actions. I'm going to like, like, let's lay it all out and then let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where you get unstuck. It's understanding, not just going, oh yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. At least you don't even have to talk to me about this. Like I know, I know how we fight. Yeah. I bet you do until I ask you as a coach to write it down. And when you write it down and when your spouse writes it down, let me tell you what happens. The literal eye-opening, like big eye revelations that I've seen couples have when they've done that exercise out of the book, crazy. I've had couples have the revelation of, I didn't know you felt that way. I didn't know you felt I was criticizing you. Mm. I didn't know that my tone of voice reminded you of your mom or your dad. I didn't know that that scares you. I didn't know that you worry about our marriage when we get into a fight because my parents fought all the time and like no big deal. It's understanding all of the stuff that's behind, oh my gosh, we're arguing about money again or oh goodness, here we go, talking about the kids again or my mother or the bills or whatever it is. It's Mm -hmm. the conflict in your marriage is so much deeper than the conflict in your marriage. Yeah. And if you want to pick up that book, you can go to conflictresolutionbook.com. It'll d- redirect you over there to Amazon. You can get it in any format that you prefer. But here's the thing. With this episode, we really just wanted to give you an understanding that marital conflict does happen. Mm-hmm. We know it. We all know it. We don't have to live there, though. And again, I would say, look at those ones where you're in that six, seven, eight, nine. If those are perpetuating, then you need to really look at your conflict cycle and determine how are you going to start breaking that so that way you guys can be unified mm-hmm. and not have to deal with that time and time and time again after every single conversation comes up. Because if you do, we have seen it happen way too many times where couples honestly end up getting divorced. They do. Because they're just done. They're tired. And you know what? Here at One Extraordinary Marriage, our goal every day is to impact one marriage. And we know if you go, you know what? We can change the conflict in our marriage. We can have the extraordinary marriage we desire. So go out there this week. Look at the conflict that you do have and attack it. Go after it. Make it so that it doesn't determine your marriage. But you begin to go, We are going to take control of this together and say, all right, we understand it. Now, let's go live out the extraordinary marriage we desire. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.